up to share this evening. All yours, mate. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Lottie. He's amazing. Believing that Pastor Lottie will get saved tonight. <laughs> I have a word on my heart for him. And uh, yes, he needs it because uh, he's a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> and uh, he's also a good man but supports terrible teams like the Penrith Panthers and Liverpool and all this stuff. So yeah, hopefully he can get rid of his sin tonight. Come clean before the Lord. Maybe the Lord will make him, you know, lift him up and he may levitate all the way to the pool and be washed clean of... It just may happen, people. So, <laughs> uh, hey, um, before I do go any further, though, I do want to say that Pastor Lottie, is that what you call him, Pastor Lottie? Just Lottie. We're at Maitland, just Lottie. Dr. Dr. Reverend. I think we've got a bit of pride to deal with as well tonight. Nah. <laughs> I do want to say, though, that Lottie, I'll just say Lottie, he's my leader. Lottie is my leader as well. He's our ACC regional leader. And you guys, as a church, are so blessed to have him as your pastor here. I just want to say that. he, Yeah, you should honour him. Um, because I love, I love being, uh, in a sense, our church is, is 100% under his leadership. And we love it. And I, I just love seeing him lead the way in our region. And, um, yeah, you guys are so blessed to have him. He truly, truly is an, an amazing guy. And, um, yeah. I've heard him preach many times, actually. I used to be in his youth ministry for a bit as a young pup. And uh, I was a young, insecure 13-year-old boy. And Lottie was the pastor, youth pastor at Macquarie Hills. And um, what, a, what an amazing ministry he ran there. So it's awesome. So thanks, uh, Lottie, for asking me after asking 100 other people first. His, his, brother, his brother, Steve, actually, he's a minister as well. And he uh, asked me to do some youth thing coming up soon in October. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll check with Pastor Robbo, who's my pastor, and I'll see if I can do it. And he goes, yeah, don't worry about it. You're the 100th bloke I've asked. So, um, now there's always other people on the list too. <laughs> so, no worries, mate, no worries. But anyway, uh, I believe God has a word for everybody tonight, um, corporately, individually. I just know that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. I was praying yesterday afternoon about this, and um, I, was just, I was just praying. And, you know, we don't have to leave the same way we came in. I don't know about you, but... Surely you didn't just come here to sit down and go through the motions. The Holy Spirit's here. We can, we can change. God doesn't come here and want to change a little bit of us. He doesn't just modify our behavior. He transforms us from the inside out. We can walk out 100% different. That's what God does. And I'm, not, I'm just not here to just pre- preach a little bit of the gospel to you and then, you know, hip, hip, hooray, out we go and uh, happy, clappy, and then into our week. No, no, I believe that the Holy Spirit can transform us tonight. That's why I'm here, because God has brought me here for this time. And I really believe that God has a word for people. And as I was praying yesterday, I, just, I was praying, 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 and then I said, Lord, I just pray that you would breathe. And then I just stopped, and I couldn't go any further, because I believe that the word of the Lord tonight is about Him breathing on us. And uh, I, I do have a sermon uh, to, to, to go through, but, you know, I just really had that word that the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on us tonight, on all of us. And the breath of God is amazing. It's what brought creation about because God is a creator. We're creative, but we're not creators because God created something out of nothing. We're creative, but everything we make comes from something else. But God had nothing to begin with. He's the creator. 
He creates something out of nothing. And when we come before him, if we come before him as something, he can't do anything with us. But if we can just make ourselves soft like clay, I love the Bible when it describes, when God describes himself as the potter. If we come soft before him as, as nothing, he will create something out of nothing. And I believe, and I just love it, that uh, when God created Adam from the dust and he breathed into him, he breathed life. And I be- believe that God is going to breathe on people just where you're at individually tonight in some way that as I speak, that God will speak uh, between the lines and you'll really hear his voice. So Father, I just pray tonight, Lord, as we come around your word, Lord, that, that the loudest voice we hear tonight would be your still small voice. And everything we do, Father, I just pray you'd speak. I declare clarity in people's worlds tonight, that you would breathe upon us, that, Lord, that when you, when you breathe upon us, God, new life comes, that you make all things new. And for where, where individuals are at tonight, Lord, only you know, I just thank you that you will breathe upon them life tonight, that you will bring maybe old dreams to life, that, God, maybe people need healing tonight as you breathe on them. Father, I thank you for healing. Maybe they're believing for a friend's salvation, that, God, you will just breathe boldness uh, uh, and bring boldness upon them and courage to share your love with them. I just thank you, Father, for transformation for every individual tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, a bit about myself. I was here earlier this year. Uh, I don't know if anybody was here, but that doesn't matter. Yes, my brother at the back. And uh, so, yeah, my name is Matt Wiley. People call me Wiley. You can call me Wiley Coyote or Wiley Cyrus, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's all good to me. And uh, I, uh, I'm married. I've been married for just over a year now. And uh, my wife's hot and uh, she's clucky. So hot and clucky, put them together and, well, you may have a baby soon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready, though. So, anyway, uh, I'm married. I'm 27 years old. I, I love I love sports. I'm a sport fan. Cronulla Sharks, all about jazz, and uh, I love Jesus. And I love young people. I'm a youth pastor, and I believe I'm called to uh, preach the word of God to young people and and see them become all they can be. So that's a bit about me. Um, tonight, I want to read from the the word for you, and we're going to start tonight in uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16. You don't have to turn there. If you want to turn somewhere, turn to Luke 24 because we're going to get there in a moment. But it says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile, first to New South Wales and to Queensland, uh, first to Newcastle, then to Maitland. Uh, The passage just keeps on going, first to Cronulla, then to the Panthers. But uh, (laughs) <laughs> for I'm not ashamed. I just love that we had baptism tonight, that people are saying, hey, I'm not ashamed, that they would make an outward uh, decision, express outwardly what God's doing on the inside. It's an inward decision, and they just come and they say, well, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I believe in, in Jesus, and I believe in spreading the gospel, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, and I just love that. Baptisms are so amazing, so powerful. But, you know, the Bible says here, what Paul's saying is that uh, the gospel and the gospel alone is the power for somebody's salvation. Nothing else. The gospel, the message of Jesus, okay, the, the, uh, the good news about Jesus Christ, that message alone is the power of God for the salvation of another human being. Nothing else is. Simply the gospel, the message of Jesus in its fullness is the power. And so often I find myself in my, in my own personal life that I get in the way of the gospel. Has anyone else been there? Yeah, I just somehow, I don't know whether it's, you know, me trying to be really cool and relevant. Uh, maybe it's the method of delivering the, the message. I just somehow get in the way or maybe I just try to close the deal with somebody. Sometimes sharing the gospel becomes a bit like a sales ga- game. Who hates salespeople? 
Firstly, is there anyone anti-sales people here? Should have said that one first. We love you. We love you. We don't hate here in this church. Uh, but it becomes a bit of a sales game. You know, your friend calls you up and, uh, you know, they, they say, oh, you know, I'm just really struggling with this, this and that, and I just need some advice. And boom, you're straight into it. Oh, it's because you're a sinner. You need Jesus and, and you need repentance. You need baptism. And uh, you get really excited about an opportunity. And so we just go hardcore on the gospel, but they're not quite ready for it. There's a journey to be done. And, and so often we get in the way of the gospel. I, I remember uh, I, I am a chaplain at the moment. Of a, in a Christian school, but I used to be the chaplain in a, in a state school, Belmont State High. And uh, one day I was in my office doing what all great chaplains do. I was drinking coffee and uh, cafe latte, you know, a cup of chino. And I'm just there sipping away and uh, knock at my door. In comes young Nick. He's, he's in year eight, really good young fella, sits down and uh, he says, oh, Wiley, I just need to have a chat to you about some stuff. And I said, great. You know, we start conversing and, and uh, he says, oh, I'd love, to, I'd love to do what you do you know, one day, Wiley, and I said, what is it that you think I do, son? And uh, he said, oh, you help people. I said, yeah, I, I do help people. That's what a chaplain does. But I said, you know, do you really know what a chaplain is? He says, oh, you help people, but there's a bit of a God thing going on. I said, yeah, there is a bit of a God thing going on. He says, well, what's the God thing about? And I said, oh, hello, opportunity, gospel, here we go. I said, you want to know, do you, would you like to know what the God thing's about? He says, yes, I would. So there I went from uh, top to tail, the gospel that, you know, I said, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, we need God. Uh, so, you know, the Father sent the Son, He came and died for our sin and rose again and shared the gospel with Him and that was it. He said, well, that's really awesome. He stood up and he left the room and so I went back to doing what all good chaplains do. I just started sipping my cafe latte and uh, literally 20 seconds later, True story, little knock at the door. Nick came back again. He said, oh, hey, I, I just really want to do that thing you do. I said, Nick, we've just had this conversation. He says, no, no, I, I just, the God thing. I, I, I think I want to do the God thing. I said, what, you'd like to become a Christian? He said, oh, I'd love, I'd love to do that. I said, well, come on in. And he sat down and we prayed this prayer together and he became a Christian for the very first time. It was amazing. I, I loved it. I thought, this is incredible. And, and uh, I said, look, go home and tell your parents. Tell them to give me a call. We'll have a chat about it. And, and here's a little, I had a little devotional thing I gave him at, at the school in this, this state high school. And I thought, isn't that the way it is, right? He comes in, I shared the gospel. That was it. There was no pressure to it. There was no, I mean, I could have tried to close the deal, but I thought, no, I'll just share the gospel and off you go. And he gets saved. I didn't need the keyboards, you know. I think keyboard is, in, in the Greek, keyboard is Holy Spirit or something like that. Uh, but I didn't need to get the keyboard player up for this to happen. He just wanted to, he just wanted Jesus because he heard the gospel because that's the power of God for the salvation. I didn't, the salvation of humanity, I didn't do anything special. And, you know, the next week he comes along to our youth ministry and he brings his friend Dino. And how many people know there's no such thing as Dean in Australia? It's Dino. Damien is Damo. There's no such thing as Damien. And so Dino rolls through, Nick's mate, and they both come and it's altar call time. The keyboards are up at, at youth. The Holy Spirit's moving. And uh, Dino puts his hand up to get saved. And I thought, this is awesome. And uh, so afterwards, I went out the back. I gave him a Bible. I said, Dino, do you know what you've done? You know, you're a Christian now. He says, yeah, I know what I've done. I said, well, do you know what sin is, Dino? He says, sin, falling short of the glory of God. Sin is falling short of God's standards. Whoa, I didn't even say that. How do you know this? He goes, Wiley, I didn't get saved here tonight in your youth ministry. I, I met God in your scripture class at school. I thought, of course you did, because that's where he first heard the gospel. He says, that's when I decided that I wanted to be a Christian was in your scripture class. Because, you know, we don't need anything but the message. We have no power. 
It isn't us. Sometimes we get in the way. We are called to share the gospel, shift out of the way. We don't have to close the deal. Outcome is his job. Obedience is our job. Some great preacher said that. I don't know who it was, but it's a quote. It's me. I'll take it. I'll claim it. Lottie, Pastor Lottie. And uh, Luke chapter 24 is an amazing passage of Scripture, and I want to read that tonight. If you've got your Bible, please turn to verse 13 in Luke chapter 24. And uh, this is, it's a window into how Jesus does evangelism. It's, a, it's an absolutely amazing passage of Scripture because, you know, we're, we're, on, we're post-resurrection. We're not on the other side of, of, uh, of, of in Jesus' day. We're, we're, the resurrection has happened. We're on this side. To, so to see Jesus evangelize post-resurrection is actually quite amazing. And this is the only uh, part of the Bible that I can really find where Jesus does evangelism well. And I want to share about evangelism tonight. So Luke chapter 24, the context uh, in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus has come. He has lived his life. He's died. He's come back from the dead. And he's out of time now. All right, so Jesus has a few things to do. He has to, uh, he has to reveal himself to the Marys and then the disciples and a whole bunch of people. And then, uh, then he has to tell them about the Holy Spirit, breathe on them, and then he goes back to heaven, right? He, he's out of time. He's got a few things, and he knows that he has to get these things done, and then he has to go. Uh, all right, so let's pick up the story, keeping that in mind. From verse 13, it goes like this. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. There is another version that says that Jesus drew near. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast, and one of them named Cleopas. Is there anybody called Cleopas here? In Australia, it's called Cleo. (laughs) Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus said. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He he was a prophet, powerful in word and and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that, you know, he was the only one who was going to... That, well, he, we hope that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they, they didn't see Jesus. So they're having this discussion as they go down and Jesus begins to share the word with them. He says, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures, in all the scriptures concerning himself. He begins to share about himself, keeping in mind that they couldn't recognize, well, they didn't recognize that he was Jesus. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then at that point, their eyes were open and they recognized him. Then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? And he opened the scriptures to us. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. What a great passage of scripture. Jesus, out of time. He's got no time, zero time. 
It's totally inconvenient for him to go and, and share the gospel with these guys, but he does. It's quite interesting. And the first thing, point number one tonight about Jesus evangelizing is draw near to people. Jesus simply drew near to these guys. That's what he did. He was busy. He had stuff on. It was inconvenient, but he just drew near to these people. Has anybody ever invited a friend to church and they've never come? Yes, hands up. Come on, people. Yes, I have. So many times. Anybody invited the same friend multiple times, but they just don't come. You know, it's Christmas time again. The pageant's on. Little Cindy Lou's in it. Come on to church. You know, Easter's on. Easter eggs. That means Jesus. Come to church. You know, those times you just, the, the, the flyers go out, the Instagram posts go. We invite people. Let's not be confused. Inviting people is good. Please do it. Pamphlets, Instagram, medias, all that jazz, twit, Twitter, Twitface, whatever it is. Get it out there. But let's not be confused. It's not, that's not evangelism. That's not sharing the message. The power is in the message. All right, we have to go to people. Last time I checked, my mates, my friends, I don't know about yours, they weren't waking up on a Sunday morning, scrolling Instagram, looking for the, the best church to go to. They weren't waking up from their Sunday afternoon nap. Thank you, Lord, for those. Thinking, oh, what, what church should I go to tonight? I wonder if there's a church in Maitland that I can go to. My friends don't do that, the ones that don't know God. They're not thinking about that. That's why we have to go to them. That's why Jesus, he, he, he drew, drew near to these guys on the road. You see, that the message isn't for the four walls of the church. Jesus said, go out into all the world. The message has to go out. It's not for this little place in here. The message is for other people. And if they're not coming here, we've got to go to them. Jesus drew near deliberately, I believe, to show us how to evangelize that we must, even though life gets busy and it's inconvenient, hey, wherever you are, you are the message. You've got the message on the inside of you. And you know what? The gospel should never be shared out of obligation, but out of an opportunity. Don't ever feel obliged to do it. When you see Jesus for who he really is, when you are a changed man, you just want that for other people. That is the only way you can love like Jesus. We're not called to love like humans. We're called to love like him. And that's only through having revelation of him and knowing how loved you are. We've got to draw near to people. Number two is we've got to go the distance with people. We've got to walk the journey with people. Now, cross country is a long run. I mean, back in the day, three Ks. Hey, Lucy, how many Ks do you run for cross country? She doesn't do it. You're a sprinter. Cross country. Do you do it? Four or five. Four or five. That's a long, that's a long run. That's a big run. Now, Jesus is doing seven miles with these people, but not only that. Right, he's walking seven miles. He doesn't even recognize, like these guys don't recognize him. I mean, come on, I'd give up, wouldn't you? But no, mile for mile, Jesus just continues the journey. They didn't get it at mile two. Oh, maybe they'll get it at mile five. Goes mile, no, still don't get it, but I'm just going to keep on going. You know, I have this um, friend, Geordie. I used to play soccer with him at the South Cart of Gunners. Love the Gunners. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big soccer fan, as we, you already know. And uh, me, my friend Aaron and Brad, we're all Christians in the team. And, and uh, everybody knew it, man. I'll tell you what, over the years, I played with them for about six years. And uh, we'd pray for people. They all know that we're the Christian crew. We've, uh, we've literally shared the gospel with multiple people in the side and the club and with the juniors and everything. It was, we had some great times. We even prayed as a team together. If we'd lose that week, we wouldn't pray the next week, though. They'd give up on God. But my friend uh, Geordie one day decided to leave soccer, and he went to do CrossFit. And uh, I didn't see Geordie for a little while. He wasn't a Christian at all. And uh, about a year later, uh, I, I hung out with him. But I noticed that he actually started throughout the time I wasn't with him. He was hanging out with a few friends of mine that were at a different church. And so I'm catching up with Geordie, and we're driving down the street. And Geordie looks at me, and he says, oh, hey, Wiley, how good is God? 
<laughs> what are you talking about? He goes, bro, God's so good, isn't he? So don't talk about what you don't know, mate. You don't know God. I know God. He goes, nah, bro. He says, God's got the plan for your life. I said, don't tell me he's got the plan for your life. You don't know about him. You've never met him. What are you talking about? I've preached this message to you. You've never received it. He said, no, no. I went to Joel's church and I got saved to put my hand up to become a Christian. I said, you went to whose church? I said, you went to Joel's church? I said, man, I've been... I've been preaching to you all these years. I've been sowing in. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I mean, look how thin I am. I mean, come on, brother. Are you serious? And you go off to Joel's church and get saved. That's ridiculous. Give that one up and come to my church and recommit your life to Jesus. Get baptized and give the... Come on, brother. I was just like getting so wound up and so offended because he should have come to my church, but I missed the point. I missed the point completely because remember, as I said before, that the outcome is up to him. Obedience, step for step, walking the journey with people is up to me. I didn't know that that was going to happen, but maybe that was God's plan. Maybe as I go step for step with him, I think it's Bill Hybels that does, you can, you can take people from, from the negatives. If zero is the point of salvation, maybe it's our job to take them from minus five to minus two or, or whatever. And then, you know, zero is the point of salvation and then they walk into the discipleship journey. It's, a, it's, a, it's brilliant thinking. And, and you know what? We just have to do the journey with people. Don't don't give up on them. Man, I've got, I tell you what, I've got family members who aren't saved and I don't know who's in your world, but sometimes I look at, at friends and family, I go, I just, I don't know how. I don't know how to get you across the line, but you know what? We're just called to be obedient first. Walk the journey. Go mile for mile. Don't give up. If there's somebody in your life who you know, who you love, who's rejected the invitation, the pamphlet, the Instagram post, or maybe you've shared the gospel like I did with Jordan and and I never came to know him through you. Don't give up. Just keep walking the journey with people. Go mile for mile because that's what Jesus did. That's what he's teaching us. He didn't give up on mile five. five. In fact, he went to seven and he didn't give up there. The Bible says that Jesus showed these people that he was willing to go further. He showed them, hey, I'm willing to go further with you. Jesus, our God is looking for people, followers who are willing to go the extra mile for people who won't just go seven, but will go further. Jack Haynes says that love is a willingness to be inconvenienced. What a great thought. Love is a willingness to be inconvenienced. Are you willing to be inconvenienced in your life? Things are busy. I mean, Jesus was out of time. He didn't have time. He had stuff to do. Important things, but he sees two people walking on a road. No, no, no. Though it's inconvenient, I need to meet these people. Oh, it's a bit inconvenient. I'm up to mile five. Man, I've got a baptism of the Holy Spirit's coming up. Just kept walking with them. So far that he actually goes back to their house. It's amazing. We've got to go the distance with people. One, draw near. Two, go the distance with people. And the last one, is that the message, the gospel is for everybody and anybody. Because if you think about it, I mean, who the heck is Cleopas anyway? We don't even get the name of their friend, right? We don't get the name of the, We don't know who these people are. It's not David. It's no big, big name in the Bible. It's not Jacob. It's not Isaac. Not Abraham. I mean, it's not even Goliath or Judas. I mean, how do these guys write themselves into the story? How are they in the narrative here? I mean, I don't... It doesn't make sense to me, but what I've come to realize is that the people who may seem in, insignificant to us are very, very significant to God. That in, 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 in Samuel, he realizes God speaks to him and said, hey, hey, 
I don't look at the outward. I look at the heart that God sees, his perspective of people. It's different to us. But I wonder if that we can just get with God and have a great, have revelation of him and, and grab his heart and pick his heart up for other people. That if we could look through a God lens, that maybe we can love like him. Because I think it's in, in John uh, 13 verse 34 that Jesus says, uh, a new command I have for you, love others as I have loved you. We are called to love like Jesus. We're not called to love like humans. In the Christian walk, we have to love like him. That's a tough kind of love. That's forgiving other people no matter what. That's loving your enemies. You know, in the Bible, I think it's David who writes in one of the famous Psalms. It's not coming to me at the moment, but uh, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. God spoke to me one day and he says, you know why? And this is my own revelation. He says, I prepare a table for you in in the presence of your enemies for your enemies for your enemies, because they are invited to dine at my table as well. And I had a moment with God when I went, yeah, of course. You know, it's actually really difficult to love the enemies. It's not an easy thing to do, but this is the kind of love that Jesus is calling us to love others with. It's a God kind of love. And I'm going to finish now if the keyboards could come back. (laughs) So God can come do his thing. (laughs) Quickly, quickly, quickly. I just think this is a brilliant passage of Scripture. The, the, the gospel, the message of Jesus, who he is, it's the power for salvation. And that he himself, the message is, he draw, drew near to these blokes who were nobodies. He went the distance. He just kept going with them, never gave up on them, even though they were nobody. Because the message is for everybody and anybody. And then he gets back to their house. And it's really amazing. They sit down and it's meal time. And um, Jesus gets the bread and he breaks it and he hands him the bread. And if I were to, to break bread and hand it to you, because it was at that point, the Bible says, that their eyes were open and they saw that it was him. If I were to, I mean, this is just a thought. This isn't necessarily clear in the scripture, but this is just my my thought is, is that if I was to give you bread, you wouldn't just kind of look at me in the eyes and grab it. You'd look down, wouldn't you? And you'd take the bread from my hand. And I just thought, well, just maybe as these guys looked down at Jesus' hands, they saw the scars on his hands. Because the Bible says that he still had the scars. I thought, wow, maybe, just maybe as he gave them the bread that they looked down, we're not our hearts burning within us. And they had a revelation of Christ. We're called to share the message, to be the message. It's his job to save people. We all must have our own revelation of Jesus. It is the only way we can change. And these guys in that moment have this incredible revelation of him. And I thought, just maybe. And if you could just close your eyes tonight. So I believe right now that the Holy Spirit can come and breathe on you afresh. Like I said before, and just come here tonight to just read a bit of the Bible and go out with a smile on our face. I believe there are people here who uh, have people in their lives who don't know Jesus. It could be somebody really dear and close to you. Maybe it's somebody you've just met. 
And I just wonder if we would continually draw near and go the distance with these people, if we could boldly stand with them and walk with them and share the gospel when we get the opportunity that just maybe they'll have their revelation of Christ too. And tonight I just want to ask if there's somebody here who has somebody on their heart, I want to pray a prayer that God would breathe on you and that the boldness of the Holy Spirit would come upon you tonight. The boldness that was on Paul as he preached and Stephen before he was stoned, the boldness, the courage that was with Joshua. I want to pray that upon you tonight. So if you just pop your hand up right now in this moment, I want to pray for somebody tonight. Thank you for putting your hand up. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah just put it up and keep it up for a moment. Thank you, thank you. Yep, a few hands going up. Thank you, thank you. And just, all right, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yep, lots of hands. All right, just put them down for a moment. Before I do pray for that, it's, it's just the right thing to do to invite people to come to know Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never, ever made a decision to follow him. That in fact, that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, as I was talking about earlier, that he sent his one only son to die for us. The Bible says that he who was without sin became sin, died in our place so that we don't have to, that we can have life, real life here on earth and live in the plan that he has for us and the purpose that he has for us, but we can have eternal life in heaven with him one day. He did that so that we can live in that kind of life, live in the freedom that he has for us, all because he loved us. And if you've never made that decision, but tonight you want to make that decision, or maybe you feel distant from him, and tonight you want to reconnect and come back in and and sit down and dine with God and be in relationship with him again. Would you just pop your hand up? Because I'd love to pray for you right now in this moment. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for that hand. Anybody else tonight, would you like to just... So wait, one more moment. Anybody else want to need to reconnect? Thank you for being so bold. All right, beautiful. Can you all, uh, would you just stand with me tonight? Is that all right? Let's stand up and I'm going to finish now. We're going to pray and I'll hand it back over to Lottie. But could you all just please repeat this prayer for this amazing person who responded tonight? with me. Repeat this with me, please. Dear Jesus, come on, dear Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your sacrifice. Tonight, I thank you that I'm forgiven. I thank you that I'm set free. I invite you into my heart, Jesus. I want to live in relationship with you. I declare now that you're Lord of my life. And I thank you for the plan you have for me. Be with me as I live in it. Walk with me, Jesus. Talk to me, Jesus. In your mighty name I pray, amen. Awesome. Can we give this person a hand who responded tonight? So good. Beautiful. And uh, let me pray over you. If you put your hand up, we just open your hands? I'm going to pray a prayer. Father, I just thank you for those people who responded tonight. Lord, I just declare your Holy Spirit come and breathe right now in this moment. Lord, I thank you that people didn't come here tonight just to walk through the motions and have a happy, clappy message preached to them. Lord, I thank you that you love these people, that God, your desire, Lord, is to come and transform them. And I ask, Lord, for boldness to come upon people, to share the gospel, to share your love with other people. God, cause us to love other people as you love 
love us, Father. Let us have the kind of love that is desperate for people as you are desperate for us. God, though it's so hard, I pray that you'd help us to continually love our enemies, Lord, to be in their world. I pray that you'd cause us, Lord. Give us the kind of boldness that causes us to step out and draw near to people in our community. God, I pray for opportunity for these people. Lord, not just with the people that, that you've put on their heart tonight, but with every person. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that they'd be so receptive to your voice. That, Lord, as you're breathing on them now, that, God, that you would be speaking to them. God, that have clarity from heaven right now for the situation that they're in. Lord, I thank you, God, for opportunities for them to share the love of Jesus Christ, the message in, in action, Lord, and in word with their friends, with their family, with their neighbors, with people in the community. Father, I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Come across this place, Lord. Sweep across this place and meet people right now. Lord, I thank you for courage. Lord, the courage of Joshua. God, that where people would, uh, wherever they take a step, Father, that you go with them, that God, you've already gone before them. Lord, I pray that people would know that tonight, that they would have a certainty, Lord, that as they walk, you walk with them. That God, you're at their left, you're at their right, you're before them and you're behind them. Father, I pray that people, Lord, right now would have that knowing, that certainty on the inside of them. Father, I pray, God, that you would continually, continually give us a heart for other people. This church, Lord, is called to be outward, outwardly focused. And I just declare it in the name of Jesus. I just declare, Father, that as these people, God, step out boldly, Lord, you will respond that, God, your word never returns void, but it will set out whatever purpose it's set out to achieve, God, it will achieve it by the power and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Awesome. Thank you.